Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Goalie Science, the podcast that bridges the gap between goal setting, science, and peak performance. I'm your host, Jamie Phillips, a former professional goalie, currently pursuing a doctorate in physical therapy and specializing in goalie performance coaching. Joining me as always is Dr. Ben Cernick, a seasoned goalie coach and sports analytics specialist. Whether you find yourself at home, on the road, or at the rink, grab a cup of your favorite beverage and let's drop the puck on this week's episode. Jamie, it now feels like it's been a weird amount of time since it's just been you and me on an episode. I think, I think that's because it has been a weird amount of time since it's been just you and I. Um, yeah, well, it has, and that's okay because we need to have guests and other experts, and I'm happy people are tuning in. Yeah, I got some. We got some really great feedback. Uh, some people reached out to me with the episode with uh, Dr. Rob Gray. They seemed very interested behind the science behind it but i guess it's the goalie science podcast so the math lines up there the math lines up and i think people really liked um actually i guess i don't really know what people like the 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 clickbait sort of <laughs> edited instagram posts right where i did took things slightly out of context um people really engaged with uh with it um on social media we we're talking with bouge about yeah. the half ice stuff. Um, although I did have one question because I actually got this a lot and I didn't know the answer. Uh, sure. I don't think there is, this isn't like a black and white, like most things mm-hmm. it's very nuanced. But the question was, um, if you're on a poor team, obviously it's good for development. You get a lot of shots. However, what if you're is really not having fun? Ooh, that's and that's really... a hard question. Now, in the context of what I was asked, the kids were pretty young. Um, the kid, the kids that were asked were under the age of like 13. And so we like, honestly, wins and losses don't, don't matter that well, that much or at all. I mean, but it does suck to lose. No one loves, mm-hmm. no one likes to lose. Nope. Um, so the way that I was put, like the way that I was trying to think about different sort of ex- explanations, the way to put it was, there's a couple There's you can make 
if you know that you're on a bad team and your team's probably not going to win every night, you can come up with like little ways to win. How many scoreless periods do you have? How many scoreless periods can you have consecutively? How many two-on-one saves? Things like that. And then you could advance it into like just, especially if you're a parent listening, is you can frame it to to your young goalie as this is something that they're always going to deal with hardships and frustration. And this is something that they're going to be better off in the future as athletes and people by being a, learning how to deal with adversity now. And Derek mentioned it before, um, you know, the goalies that are successful long-term usually had something go wrong. Let's say that in quotes, because it could be a lot of things go wrong in their career early on. And they figured out how to manage it. And I think that that's, that's really important, but I'm curious about your thoughts. If a, if a parent asked you that question, what's, what's your advice to that? I think for my like my global answer, this is not for the betterment of the, being the best goal you can be, but it's the answer for what sports are supposed to be. I think if you're in a situation where you're not having fun, I think you need to reevaluate that situation because ultimately at the end of the day, we've said this on the podcast before, but I always say it, is that my job as a goalie coach, my goal as a goalie coach is that every goalie I work with, they're still playing goalie into their 20s. That might mean university, that might mean professional, that might mean recreational Tuesday night local hockey league. Like I don't really care at the end of the day which one of those it is. So I think if you're playing on a team when you're younger and you're not having fun, you're getting beat 12 nothing every game and it's not fun anymore, then yeah, I think that's a reason to switch teams. Like I don't think that's wrong to do. Uh, if you're on a team that loses every game by one goal and you're getting outshot 50 to 20 every game, that's a different situation. Like that's like a, you are a huge responsibility for the team's even competitiveness and their success. Right. So I think like all things, it depends, but if, if you're not having fun to the point that you don't want to keep playing or you telling you, then yeah, change that up. That's, that's, I think that's actually a simple one. Like the game is good. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think about it that way. Um, and I think you're definitely right. I just like in my brain, I wasn't thinking about losing 12, nothing every night. Yeah. I was thinking about like, Hey, you're losing three, two or four, two. Yeah, exactly. Um, you're, you're right. If you are getting absolutely shellacked and it is not fun. And it, I, I, I totally understand that. And I also, in my brain, uh, I think I jumped, I, I didn't jump to conclusions. I, I think I definitely did. Um, in terms of just like, um, you know, if you're, you're chasing winning. Yeah. And I don't, and I, I don't think it's chasing winning. It's chasing an opportunity to to enjoy it and then also grow and develop. So the best case scenario is, you know, is to jump to a team where you're not, where you have a chance every night, yeah. and then it's not all about, you know, you're not always getting, you're not always getting waxed, but you're also not getting like five shots. There is, um, I was talking to parents, um, now with a team because we have a we have a younger goalie who's. who's projected to be really good for whatever stats mean when you're that age but he is a he is a solid goalie and he's a good kid and he's a hard worker and so right there it's like a formula for for yeah. success for me it's like okay like you have a lot of upside here with just with just that um one of the teams in his league uh one of the teams in his league um they give up i think an average of six shots a game they mercy teams within the first period that yeah yeah and so like that'll happen and 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 the team likes to recruit like teams recruit now. It's just, it is what it is to do. Te- yeah. Teams recruit like heavily. It's yeah. not like I remember when you're very younger. It's like 
Sean O'Reilly has brought in a kid from LA. You're like, oh, how do they do that? Oh, his parents got a second address. Now it's just like, it's, it's totally open. There are ways around it. That's what needs to happen. Meanwhile, there are coaches being suspended from their leagues for importing players from different countries. Like, I know. Full, full stop. So, anyway. so this just happens. It just happens. It is what it is. I, I'm not, not going to fight it in any way. It just is what it is. Um, how about Ida Forever? I was going on that. Both, but they were recruiting. And, you know, if you're a goalie looking to recruit, it can be really appealing to be like, ooh, well, I want to win every single night, win mm-hmm. every single tournament. However, when you, I was doing the math when I was going for my, my post workout walk, it's like if you're on a team that gives up, let's just say you're on a team that gives up 10 shots, just on the low end, 10 shots average a game. And your team, pl- and you end up playing 20 games. So you split your season, there's 40 games or whatever, you play 20. Over the course of let's just say ten years, now you're looking at what two thousand game shots versus a goalie that's gonna get double or triple or six times that. If we talk about repetitions and quality repetitions is truly what we need for development, all things being equal, like goalie height, size, skill, blah, 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 that goalie that that's going to get triple or up to six times the amount of exposure should be better long term. And I think that that's a really important thing. But, you know, sometimes people just really want to win. And, you know, you take it from from Derek, who's coached a heck of a lot more goalies than us and is now going through it with his own child. Like, he he gets it. For the, He gets, he understands that it's all right to let his guy, like, you know, get waxed every now and then. But then he, and he takes him on a team. His team is really good. His team gives up six shots and half ice. So he knows that that's not okay. Like, it's good to, it's okay to learn how to win and to be able to play that. But to to get that exposure. Um, so I think that's a really good point. And I thought that was a really good question. So I love getting those questions on Instagram. I apologize if I don't get back to everyone right away. Um, I am only human and I do, like I was talking to Ben before the show, I think I work including my, my unpaid clinical hours. Um, I probably had over like a hundred something hours a week. So I'm, I'm pretty tired and I, I do my best, but I try to get back to everyone. Even if it is like a week or week to a month late, I do get back to you. Um, yeah. However, Ben, stats, stats and memes, stats and memes. Wow. Okay. So next week, our masterclass will be on transitions because uh, you need it. But yeah, for, I was going to say for the, the unaware, but everyone's going to be unaware of this. But last week, something kind of funny happened. <laughs> Only four people are going to be wearing Five of them are in this, this call. Yeah. But the other, the other day, uh, Jamie again is the, everyone knows this. Jamie's the social media person. I'm along for the ride. I'm here to to hype him up when he's low and knock him down a few pegs when he's high. That is true. Yeah, happy to be here. The other day, I, I get off the ice in between one of my skates and I'm I'm tagged in the post on Instagram. I'm like, what is going on? And you know, that's the way it is. I don't engage that much. Uh, and it's it's a again, we love a good meme here at the Goalie Science Podcast, but it's it's essentially a, a meme of. That like the normal distribution where it's like one person on the end and one person on both one person on both ends saying the same thing and then the angry person in the middle where you're supposed to say like the really smart person and the really uninformed person think the same way so maybe it's everyone in the- anyway, it doesn't matter long story short i got memed on uh about advanced goalie stats and i thought it was kind of entertaining and kind of funny and jamie's been bugging me again so you've been bugging me for a while now uh to kind of go on a little discussion to let people know more about what's happening behind the scenes and goalie evaluation at higher levels. 
and what it actually means and, and what it means for goalies. And does it change the way we should play? Does it change the way we should think about things? And from a coaching perspective and a goalie perspective, I actually think understanding advanced goalie stats is really helpful to understand the game. I would agree. Also, I'm going to throw the meme on the YouTube. So yeah. if you're watching the YouTube stream, the meme's going to go up. But before you get in there, um, I'm going to put a couple caveats. Not a caveat, says my, my thoughts into it. Welcome to being memed. It's part of being you. throwing your hat in the social media ring. Sure. Is people will uh, take their their shot at you. However, I will counter is, is it better to be memed or is it better for someone to steal your hard work content posted on their page without giving you credit and making it look like they did it? I've been doing a lot of thinking and I love <laughs> the accounts that make these great posts. I can't believe you steal their content. It's y yes, you're right. Just it's crazy how all my, all my goalies just end up on their page and it's, you know, any effect, I digress. Someone, there's a, there's a goalie coach out there who just downloads my, my videos and, and just puts them off on their own. And I didn't know that. And someone tagged me, but, um, yeah, that, that stats talk is good. And I'm, I'm not a stats, like I, I like stats, but I'm not as dialed in as Ben, but then that's Ben's job. That's what he gets research grants for. Um, I'm just going to add a few things here is, is people might like joke about like, oh, everyone, everything's stats based and. You're trying to money ball like hockey. First of all, that's been going on for a very long time. Same Second, <laughs> Second, people like Ben, who are very smart and very analytical, they make people like me who do scouting and recruiting who aren't as in-depth or our knowledge as, as in-depth as Ben's, it makes our life a lot easier because it just gives us information and it, more information helps us make better decisions along with going to watch goalies. And I know you're going to talk about that in a second. Um, and then the third thing I always find funny when people like, well, there's, there's like there, that crowd, you know, there's a crowd that's like stats are everything. And then there's that crowd that says, we don't want stats. Yeah. But it's funny because the, the, the peep, the type of people that are like stats don't mean anything. And you're just ruining the game and blah, 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 are the same people that watch the movie Moneyball. And they're like, this is the best movie of all time. You're like, you know, that whole movie yeah. is about stats, right? It's about, it's not why the visual, like the when video wait, had all of their lie to you. Yeah. yeah, are 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 lying and actually stats the matter. But um, yeah, I've been I've been harping on Ben to to do to dive a little bit more in stats to help explain things because one I need some more explanation. But I know you listening or watching would would love to hear it. And if we can kind of sim simplify very complex um, algorithms and, and statistics into something that people can digest, that's kind of the goal. So so Ben, like let's like like take it away again in terms of when you're you know just what it's like to be someone who's this heavily involved in goalie statistics. Yeah. So there's like a lot of different ways we can take this, but we're going to, we'll call this one episode one, the light edition. So that everyone can kind of get in the same page. And if people want a deeper, deeper, deeper dive, we're happy to do it. We have, we don't have that much time, but we should make time for it. Uh, the first thing I'm going to say, and Jimmy, make a really good point there where it's like, you know, people can get a little bit grumbly about stats, but I think, the first thing I say when I talk to someone who's a little bit apprehensive is I tell them that the way that they're viewing scoring chances and saves is the same way that a lot of advanced analytics are. And so how many times in your life growing up, have you been watching a game with someone and someone goes, oh, that's a grade A chance, right? That's a saying that we've been getting around the game forever, right? Oh, it, it turns out those grade A chances are just quantifiable and people have been doing it for a long time, right? So like 
a pass into the slot, into a one-timer. Intuitively, you say that's a grade A chance. You won't believe this, Jamie. The numbers agree. That is a very good chance. And so that's all we're, we're mainly doing here. So the first thing I'm going to kind of introduce that matters to goalies is this idea of expected goals. And it's not a complicated idea. Basically, every time a shot is taken, there's a relative percent chance that shot can go in. And there's lots of factors as to why that shot goes in, right? What type of shot is it? Wrist shot, slap shot, snapshot, backhand. How far away is it, right? Um, those are kind of the big ones, honestly. Type of shot, distance. What was the last thing that might have happened? Was it a pass from across the scene? Was it a turnover? Is it a two-on-one? Is it a breakaway? All those factors. And so this idea of expected goals is it just takes a bunch of that information and has looked at pretty much every shot and every goal in the NHL for the better part of almost two decades now and spits out a number, right? How often this shot with this type of information should go in. And so a really good example is someone coming down the wing, takes a shot from the top of the circle. As a goalie coach, we're thinking mm, that's a puck the goalie wants to have, right? That's the type of shot where like, as a coach, we want that to be a save. Well, and this idea of an expected goal would give that shot about a 10% chance of going in, roughly, depending on what kind of model you use. And so, you know, as a goalie coach is that if you know that goes in one every 10 times, then as a coach, you're thinking, oh, my goalie should have a 900 save percentage on shots from the top of the circle, right? Like that's the type of information that we can get from it. So the first thing that when people are trying to evaluate goalies on an advanced level is we look at this idea of expected goals. And in turn, the goalie lens is goals saved above expected. So on all the shots of the game, you add up all the expected goals, the ones that are worth half a goal and 0.1, of a goal, and that's how you evaluate that. And so all sorts of information gets fed into this. Um, I always tell people to check out moneypock.com. They have a lovely amount of information for free, publicly available, that kind of goes into some of those models from the NHL. But that's the first one. The first one's an expected goals model, and it's the one of the fancier things that you could do. Now, before I continue, Jamie, before I say what's bad about it, do you have questions about that? Or does that just no make sense? sense? Yeah, no questions. Uh, I actually, actually, no, that's a lie. Uh, what about moving like players and screens? Does Is that a variable? Yeah, so that's the thing. So when we look at these public models, so the type of data that is released publicly from the NHL doesn't include screens. And so that's okay. a big one. So that's why there's all these private companies that do collect things. So to name a few, there people have probably seen on TV segments now. Uh, you've seen, you know, powered by Sport Logic, powered by Stathletes, powered by ClearSight Analytics. There's all these uh, third-party companies that do provide those extra levels of details. And when I do game evaluations and tracking games, those are in my details as well. Screens and then pass location. So. If there's a cross seam pass, that's something that I note. That might not be something that's noted in some of the public models, which we're going to actually get into a little bit later, but that's the biggest complaint. So getting into the biggest complaints about these public models that you might see online or the ones that we reference here or I reference here on MoneyPock, they don't take into account screens. They don't take into account the shot, uh, a pass that happened beforehand. So what we call pre-shot movement, right? So if someone makes a backdoor pass and the puck taps it in, the NHL just reports that as a shot happen basically from the back door, but doesn't like, doesn't declare or provide the data for where the previous pass location was. So those are the big complaints really from like the NHL public side of things. The 
other side of thing, which I think really matters for, for us as goaltenders is that none of these models for like, all these models are designed to evaluate how good a chance is. And what they don't include is any information about the goalie. So whether the goalie's square, whether the goalie's on their angle, whether the goalie's on their back lying down in the corner, that information is included in these models, which can, that's when it comes into the part where we go, hey, we do need to watch games, right? These numbers, like anything, provide us information that a goalie's being successful or is struggling, but we still need to figure out why, right? And so when I'm doing my, again, my game tracking, my evaluations on goalies, that's information that I include in my models. So my model has goaltender positioning information related to it and some other extra fancy things. And that's mainly for a goalie evaluation side of things, but it isn't as important as when we look at like how good of a chance is, right? Like if I'm a net or you're a net and a player comes screaming down the wing, that doesn't matter where you are. That's still a player screaming down the wing, right? So the chance is still the chance. So that's... So expected goals and goals saved above expected, that's the thing that I think is a, a really big step up from save percentage. And so I would like to I'd like to do a save percentage rant. Are you okay with that? You can do a save percentage rant. I was just checking something. Uh, I was actually on Money Puck right now because I thought it was a very uh, interesting topic because I think a lot of times when, like, you know, referencing that meme, uh, but just like service level when people think of stat, stats nerds, um, they think of people that just are in the lab or on their computer not watching the game. But those stats, the the ones that are, you know, I guess the ones that are, are the advanced ones, the ones that go beyond, say, percentage and goals against that are just easy, easy number calculations, require you to actually watch the game. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, a popular, a, a new popular stat out there. You don't really talk about too much where like kids really follow it and kids take it as a, like a projection like who's the best goalie this league uh it's not like it it's just it's just basically like and you said it's like taking goal, you're taking your save percentage dividing it by the league average so it's not r really telling you anything and so it's just taking there's a lot of things that can there's a lot of i don't know you're more stats guy but there is a lot of variables into it that make it like a not like a quality related stat like we can talk about how like save percentage isn't that great but if you take an individual save percentage, which isn't that great, and then multiply and then use that to calculate against the league's already not great save percentage, then what information does that tell you? Well, I, I don't really know. But going back into the the difference between that kind of like that visual scout versus the the stats scout and why both matter, and I think a really good um, kind of like an NHL explanation of this is Merzlikens. Yeah, and if you watch Merzlikens play, it's easy. To, you can just—he looks so good. Like good. he's such a good skater. I mean, like such a good skater, so flexible. Um, is I, I say plays heroic. Um, very outside he's of his ball. Fun. He's a fun goalie. Fun goalie to watch. I mean, I don't recommend the way he plays because nope. it's it's not. Yeah, there's so many things. A lot of things that, that in my mind as a coach and in my kind of methodology don't go. Don't don't work. But then if you look at it and you compare them to let's say Calvin Pickard. No, actually not Calvin Pickard. I don't want to use Calvin Pickard as an example. He doesn't have like I don't think his body works there. But let's just say Casey DeSmith. Casey DeSmith is not like a super flashy goalie. Good skater, solid goalie, nothing like too crazy. But if you come but then you look at it and you're like, well, I'd probably take um Merz Leakins on my team. He looks way better. He's a better skater, he's faster, he's more flexible. 
then you look at their saves, you know, their saves above average and their actual advanced analytics. And, you know, on Money Puck, they, they rate the goalies as you have Elvis Merzlikens at number 53. And this is goalies that have played at least one game. Yeah. So if you take goalies that have played I think, the third or half their season, which Merzlikens would be in, you would be very, very close to the bottom of the NHL. And you compare that, and I know right now you're finding the hard and fast numbers, and you compare that to, say, someone like Casey DeSmith, who is closer to the top. Um, he's had less of a body of work, but his numbers are just that better. But if you look at the visual scale, like a Joey Decord. Joey Decord is a great example. Joey Decord is not super flexible. He's not an incredible skater. He's actually a really good puck handler. Uh, off, offhand, um, <laughs> offhand thought there. Um, not a great skater, et cetera, et cetera. You look at him, you, you, you put two of those goalies in practice, Merzlikens versus the cord. You're probably, the visual eye test says, take Merzlikens. You put them, uh, you look at the stats and you compare them, their saves above average and above expected. Um, Joey Decord is head over heels over where Merzlikens is. And that's when you can use, and that for the scout should be like, okay, something's up. Is it the team? Is it this? Is it blah, blah, blah? And then you look at Merzli consistently and like, okay, now he's struggling. He's asked for a trade. There's all these variables that go into it. And this just allows us for more insight to make those educated decisions. Yeah. But I think that's, again, it's it's just like an extra tool, right? Like, I, again, you look at Merzli and he's having the last I checked, I haven't checked his numbers. I know he's asked for a trade, but I know like as of last week, he had like a 907 save percentage. And as of yesterday, the league average save percentage was 903. Now, Merzlikens, hand it up. This is Sunday, January 21st. I have not checked in a few days that his save percentage has moved. Uh, but 907 is above league average. It's pretty good. But if I look at the girlies who have played at least 15 games this year, so I scrolled over, I made mine greater than one. Yeah, Merzlikens is the 35th best goalie based on goals saved above expected per 60 minutes of ice time. Currently, as it stands, Merzlikens is below expected. So what that means is he's letting in more goals than he is supposed to be based on this model. And again, the model takes a bunch of information, in, right? Shot location, time during the game, whether the shot was a rebound, all these things that go into the model. But right now, basically, it's telling us that Merzlikens is struggling a little bit, despite if we looked at his save percentage, him being above average. It just provides another layer of, hmm, that doesn't line up. Right. Conversely, you want to look at someone who really lines up and it's Aiden Hill. He's only played 15 games this year, but he stops on average close to one goal above expected per 60. And he's also got like a 937 save percentage or something, like something really wild. Mm -hmm. um, and that tells us, okay, like something might be going on. So then you go and watch Aiden Hill and you watch him make 15 saves from 28 feet out and he's really good. Uh, and that's how he's got the stats he does because he's not getting a ton of dangerous chances against him, but he's being really good. He's given up 27 goals in 15 games. Like, it's just an astronomically low amount of goals. Yeah. No, I right. That's right. It's, it's just, it's trying to match the eye test with the numbers yeah. test. And again, like number one right now, and like all basically all things is Hellebuck. And again, you put Hellebuck on the ice in the goalie practice with Merzlikens. You're probably Merzlikens is going to look better than Helly. Yep. Like, I love Helly. Great guy. Incredible goalie. Best in the world. Awesome. Like, he's going to win. Not, he, like, he might win the best in the world. Yeah, he probably should win it again. But he's not as aesthetically appealing of a goalie. 
But again, like again, there's so many things with we this many talks about flexibility, all these things that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But you can use that because if you're just going off the eye test, then it's really easy to to make scouting and recruiting mistakes. Um, you know, we all we talk about it many times. Goalies that are very good in drills and practice, but can't put it together in a game. Okay, so like what what's going on? Like what are their actual game numbers like? And then that's when these stats um, come into play. Yeah, and so I think this will tie nicely in to the one biggest thing I guess I want to say here, and this is a good time to do it, is that we've talked about your people's stats not mattering, whether that's junior hockey or minor hockey. Obviously, stats, to some degree, are a reflection of what's taking place, and so they matter in that respect. Like, they describe what's happening. But I think we need to take a really big grain of salt around the current goalie stats that we use to evaluate. So when we evaluate goalies, publicly on like how good of a season they're having we use the big four things we look at how many games they played how many wins they have their goal against the average and their save percentage hmm. right that is for years growing up that's and still to this day like still to this day still to this day right that's still is stuff that's talked about publicly media says it all the time sports writers use it save percentage when you boil it down, is a reflection of team defense. It yeah. is a team defense statistic until until it gets really bad. When it starts getting really bad, that normally means you're letting in bad goals. So what I mean by that is if you have a save percentage in like the 870s or lower, and big caveat, and the shots are being counted properly. Yeah. Right? You got you to gotta assume that, right? The eight, like low 80s to 870s range, that's when you start, like something is going wrong. Too many goals are going in. It it just reaches this tipping point. But for all those people who are like bouncing between 890 and 910, that's just noise. There's nothing there that tells you really that much about what a goalie's doing. And so every time I hear someone say, oh, their save percentage is X and the number is anything north of 8, 85 890 it's like i don't know what we're having a conversation it's meaningless it's just noise at that point it doesn't tell us enough when you start getting goalies into the 870s and we can think back when jack campbell got sent down sabers was like 860 right everyone knew bad goals were going in everyone knew he couldn't like that's all save percentage can really tell us the same is true with goals against average, right? Like goals against average just is, is how many goals your team gives up, right? You can have a goals against average of four and have a 920 save percentage because you're making 47 saves a night, right? But again, I've watched games and I've tracked games where I've seen a goalie make 40 saves and they've had three shots from the slot in that 40 save game. Yeah. Right? So save percentage isn't a good stat globally. It also tells us nothing about shot quality, which is why you know, going back to expected goals, which is why it's, it's expected goals is better. It's not perfect. It's flawed, but it's, it's better, right? Because it gives us information about the type of shots. And so when I'm doing general work with, with teams or with goalies, and I'm trying to talk about them and we talked about this before is I try to break the games down into low, medium and high danger. And there is, um, a, an original website, awesome name war on ice was the original creator of this and war stands for wins above replacement if anyone's a baseball fan war has been a baseball stat forever or for a long time i shouldn't say not forever uh but war on ice created like essentially a scoring grid and a scoring system that was basically just like a one two three four like this shot's a one 
That's the least valuable shot you can take. It's like a perimeter shot. Two, look, you got you know, the mid-range stuff, and now they're, and then three, and then four, yada, yada. And then it takes into account things that we talked about. Was the shot on an odd man rush? Was the shot um, from a pass to the slot? It incorporates those levels of stuff. Like, that's a really simple way to look at it, too. Right? Like, that's that's something that we have been doing for years, and just, and it's just written down now. Yeah, like it's like that's the thing that I think is the funniest to me is like this is not it's really cool work, but it's not revolutionary. People have been doing it for years without realizing it. Right. I go back to again, shout out Derek Bujan. It's once a week at this point. It's getting ridiculous. He doesn't deserve this much credit. But growing up, he used to always tell us that the goal was a 750 save percentage on high danger chances. He so told us that from the get go. Uh, I don't think when we were 15 years old he was referencing Ruhr on ice. I don't think he was pulling the numbers there back in the late 2000s. Um, I'm not sure he was he was that online, right? Definitely not. No, but like that's that's all this is. And so I've done, I did a little bit of work on this last year and I, and I posted the distributions of NHL goalies performance and like what drives save percentage the most in the NHL. And it's high danger save percentage, right? So like most goalies will have Again, like a, between a 960 and a 980 save percentage on low danger chances. Then you get goalies who are in like the 950 range and you go, uh-oh, that's not good, mm-hmm. right? Like that's, again, just like save percentage in general, it's a bit of a red flag. What's happening? Smoke, smoke from a fire, right? But the biggest variance is always in NHL goalies is in all goalies is going to be like, how often are you, like how good are you on the dangerous of chances? That's where the difference gets made. Right. And I think that's all it really comes down to. So that's, that's, I guess my big rant there is if you're seeing anything, if you're seeing goalie rankings that are based on save percentage and goals against average or a combination of the two or a combination of goals, games played, save percentage and goals against average, especially in junior hockey, be really, really wary of that. Uh, I have built models using those and it doesn't predict almost anything. They're almost, almost useless. Is what yeah. I'm there to say. I, I like like when I when you when you're when you're explaining some of those models, I think it's really good and talk about another really good movie, uh, The Big Short. Oops. When they talk about this, is just a how, Michael Lewis event. No, no, it, it, it is it. Books, right? It is a big Michael Lewis. Um, he's a very good author. Anyways, yeah, he's gonna just explaining complex things into very simplified, theatrical ways. But yeah. um, if you take it the way that they would, that um, I guess like mortgage funds or banks or whatever, I'm not. I'm this is a finance economy. lesson now. This is a finance lesson, how they would stack different like tiers of mortgages or subprime mortgages. If you take a bunch of things that, you know, I don't say crappy, but you take a bunch of stats that don't really tell you much yep. and you put them together. So you have mm-hmm. four things that don't tell you much. It doesn't tell you that much more. You nope. still just have a house built on a very weak foundation. So the goal of the different advanced stats, stats analytics is can we create a different sort of foundation that holds up literally and figuratively a little bit better. Um, and that's what those saves above average or goals against the above average, goals saved above average per 60 and all that. Um, that's what that's meant to represent. And it's supposed to make life a little bit easier um, and, and aid into the eyeball test. Yeah, there's, so what's kind of interesting and this doesn't, isn't surprising, but if you look how a goalie performs like over a long stretch of time, say percentage wise, 
normally that's a little bit of a better indicator than like in a single season. Single seasons don't mean much. But there's a really cool paper, um, goalie science, really cool paper from a student group out of, of all places, Southern Methodist University uh, that did a, a hockey paper as part of like a statistics program. Uh, and they looked at the stability of save percentage. So like how much in save percentage can we attribute to that to the goalies compared to like the, just the team defense and whatever goalie you plug in. They had like a really inter- interesting approach to it. They basically looked at seasons where a goalie played, you know, for team A and then wasn't the starting goalie for team A again the next year and did that for a few years and looked to see like how much save percentage was goalie related and how much was team related. Uh, out of 100%, how much do you think save percentage on a team level is goalie related out of 100%? How many? How much value building it is? 15? Yeah, it's the exact number. Yeah. Oh, I was right? Yeah. You were oh. the dot. Yeah. Oh, so what? Cool. Yeah. So I was giving myself like a plus five, minus five range. So I'll take I'll take it. Yeah. So it's 15%, but it, when, it, when you start like unraveling the numbers, it ends up being the difference between an 890 save percentage and a 905 save percentage. That gap, that's the range a goalie contributes. So I think anyone who's... Oh, that's the difference between like... How many like, shorthanded dump-ins are you getting? You know, uh, I love those. Like it, that's that's that, that's why using the, that's, that's why it's, it's like, needed. That's why stats nerds are needed. Like it's a call space paid. That's why in if hockey is too advanced and sports are too advanced, which they are. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, we're not big gambling guys here, but gambling also contributes a lot to these stats because mm-hmm. people people love people are not spending money uh, and. There's a billions and billions of dollars of business, and so in order to and billions of dollars, and and obviously money drives like progress and different things. So these stats need to exist for different progressions to be made, um, and different models to be made. And so I think I think it's a good time to take a break, and we'll come back in a second, and then we'll keep talking about different stats. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, Ben, we are back. Um, quick break. So right where we left off, we were talking about how um, how using save percentage and different things um, 
on their own and in collective models might not be the best and we should strive for more advanced things. Um, and I know you have like so much to talk about on this topic. So I'm not even going to tee you up. I just want you to go. Like, where is your brain taking you right now? Hey, study o'clock, Jamie. Come uh, on. Yeah, so last year, um, the Calgary Flames, they were they were bad. They were. They were, they were a bad team. Uh, this year, they are still kind of bad. Um, but last year, there was calls for Jacob Markstrom's head, his proverbial head. Um, you and I are huge Jacob Markstrom fans. I'm I'm fine saying that. I'm fine saying I, I am. I, like, I've been a big fan of him since he was in Florida. Yeah. Like, I think, so, again, we were we try to cover the entire the entire game, but the entire spectrum of goalie nerdiness here uh, from, you know, the actual coaching aspects to the science behind it. But Jacob Markstrom is, like, a really fun example of a positionally excellent goalie. Like, he's just, you just watch the game, and you're like, oh, he's in the right spot. Like, oh, still in the right spot. He's just always in the right spot, and he does almost nothing flashy to be in it. Right. And that's that again, he's been doing it for a long time now. He's a very fun goalie. He's also enormous. And to see if, yeah. And, but he's one of the better goalies of just using his size in a way that still actively makes saves. We talked about that a few episodes ago. You know, a big defining factor in goalies is do they make saves actively or are they just kind of getting hit? Are they right? <laughs> like actually leaning into pucks. Anyways, Jacob Larkstrom had an 892 save percentage last year. People were like, this is awful so bad like he's terrible and when i looked under the numbers last year he had like a 30 percent jump in medium and high danger chances compared to like the last four years of his career so he has this huge spike in the quality of chances against him and a massive drop off in low danger chances so basically teams stopped shooting from the point against markstrom they got the scouting report they said hey turns out the six foot six goalie who's always in position is going to stop the shot from 45 feet away who could have seen this coming not me. Right? So so teams, again, we tell this a lot. Teams have been getting better. Shooters are training better. Skaters are so skilled these days. Anyways, Markstrom's having an incredible year this year. Calgary is not really a better team. He's just kind of adapted to the new level of demands that the teams put him on, right? So everyone remembers Calgary had a huge trade. They lost Kachuk. They got Uyghur. They got Huberto, et cetera, et cetera. Jamie doesn't watch the NHL that much, so he doesn't care at all. Although I did watch some highlights today today being sunday january 21st and let me tell you this pains me to say it because he was like zero and five against me in the east coast league dan vladar is uh playing very well right now and i went and watched his individual touches he his depth management and his ability to beat things on his feet very good so shout out dan vladar dan vladar up until like three weeks ago was having an absolutely terrible season so good time to start season but but he's good goalie i like dan when, there's a i i Cut out about like seven different teaching point clips, yeah. Um, because he he was made whatever he's doing right now or whatever changes he's made. He's actually he's actually you know what the change the biggest change he's made that I've noticed over the course of this he's been in Calgary for two and a half seasons. Uh, he's backed up. Yeah, he's also a monster. I think yeah. he's, like, he's also six five. Yeah, six five. He's backed up and he's simplified and he's making much better saves, higher quality saves, and it's it's paying off. But sorry, go ahead. No, just to say, talk about a team that has two goalies that play very similarly. And they're one of the only teams in the NHL that has two goalies that play the same, basically. Uh, but the, yeah, if you watch March, right. yeah, if you watch Marchman and Vidar play together, similar depth, similar positional styles, not super flexible or quick goalies, 
which again, in theory should help Calgary because you kind of know what you're going to get from your goalies behind you. But anyways, my point being is that Markstrom, again, so we, you look at Markstrom's 892 save percentage. Last year, the league average was, you know, 904. So he's, so so what? Like when you watch the games, he was getting peppered, right? It, it just doesn't tell you enough. And so this year, his numbers are awesome, right? We look at, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to actually look up what his actual save percentage is. He's at 912, right? Which is, right. again, almost 10 points above league average because save percentage, again, is whatever. But it's not, yeah, like you see 912, you're like, oh, okay. Right. Yeah, but again, it's because like league average, again, league average is not a three because people are scoring a ton, right? So mm-hmm. my, my point being, again, 912 in 892 feels like a really big jump. But it's it's just not anymore, and especially in the reflection of how players shoot and where players shoot from and the types of chances people get. There's just more and more shots from the slot. I think I remember seeing a statistic, and we've said this before, is that since 2018, there's been over a 50% increase in shots from the slot and shots from, like, just outside, like, just outside. 50% left. increase? Yeah, so, like, if, let's say, for example, teams were getting 8 per game, now they're getting 12 per game. Uh, that's that kind of jump. So think about how that works, right? So why would save percentage be down? Why is goals against average up? We just told you before that 750 save percentage is probably pretty good on high dangerous. I know the answer, man. What is it? It's the RBH. That's why. Squad shots are up as an IH goal. I exclusively make decisions based on my Instagram comments. And the (laughs) RBH is the problem and it needs to go. And goalies just sit there and they just... You ever heard of Dominic Hasek? (laughs) <laughs> that's actually the funniest side. Someone said that in one of my posts where I don't even know what it was, but they're like, you ever heard of Dominic Hasek? And that, and that was it. I was like, I, I, yeah, where do you want, what do you want me to say? I mean, maybe this is the clip you splice, but if you really want to get people mad, there is, and I, I'm not ultra familiar with the work, but there is someone who's not active on Twitter anymore, but the Twitter account is TCG hockey. Uh, and they have a website, hasn't been updated in like seven years, but they used to go back and look at some of the, like if they applied analytics to some of the goalies from like the dead puck era. So the nineties with Brodeur and Hasek and Roy. And people are not going to link what they have to hear about their favorite goalies from their childhoods. Uh, because it turns out those guys were seeing a lot of danger back in the day. No, you know, it's funny. So my, one of my coaches, my first, she was there for two Two or three years at Michigan Tech, uh, Billy McCall played for the Minnesota Wild and stuff. Older school guy, uh, really good guy. He was at Michigan um, after that. But I remember once he was talking to the players and he's just like, yeah, just come over the red line. Just take it, take a slap shot. He's like, just a great shot on the net. <laughs> just like the game has changed. The game has changed. And like, but there was a time where just coming over the red line, the blue line and just cranking it on net was, was a good, like, hey, you, you actually might score here. Yeah. That's a big change. And so, again, another really good story this year is like Connor Ingram's having a fantastic year. For those who don't know about Connor Ingram and his personal story background, go read about it. Uh, it's really, I think it's, we've talked a lot about greatly mental health and issues before. Connor Ingram's story is, is really important. Everyone should go check it out. But Connor Ingram's having an amazing year this year. Connor Ingram would have been a 10 year straight Vesna winner in like the 1990s. Like you transplant Connor Ingram into like 1997, and he's got a 980 save percentage. Oh my gosh! And he's like, you know, he's never gonna score that. Like, literally, he'll never get scored. Like, everyone used to shoot from 60 feet away. 
and Connor England would take that puck and put it into the mesh nine times out of ten. Like you would, yeah. yeah, right. So that's the whole thing, anyways. So as the years change, as the way people score change, of course, goalie the overall goalie numbers go down. And so when slot shots are up that high, and save percentage goes down, is it goalies getting worse or Jamie? Dare I say, is team defense uh, not always great? I think we've heard about that before. Team defense is not always great, and advancements in skill players, player forward skills, board and D skills, um, is 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 kind of it's leapfrogged the advancement that goalies made for that brief period of time where <laughs> goalies were too dominant, and they had to change the rules, and now the rules have changed again to to push forward goals, and and they're scoring more goals, and the players take advantage, and a lot of these stats and numbers are being used, um, not only goalie stats but different player stats. Um, are being used for forwards to help them make better decisions to score more goals. And that's just, people want, I mean, this is a goalie pod, so people listening don't want goals, but most hockey fans yeah. want goals. And so all these things do contribute uh, either directly or indirectly to more goals. Yeah, and I guess the the thing I will kind of say to maybe wrap, sort of start wrapping this up, I have one more point I want to make after. Um, but it's just like, yeah, like the 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 shots are, are close. They're hard to stop. Like it's it's that's why pucks are are going in, right? It, it's like it's not again, it's it doesn't feel like it's rocket science. I saw a stat again from Mike Kelly. He's the director of analytics sport logic. I might be butchering his style. Sorry, Mike, if you ever hear this. Um, but he tweeted something out about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, that said eighty three percent of goals scored by NHL forwards this year was from the slot. 83%. So like the slot and down towards the net. So the house, the house is the wrong way to call it. It's like, it's more of a little rectangle. Like it's not like the big house home plate area you draw. It's like within that, the main zone, the, the high danger zone. And on 3%, that's where goals are coming from. So that's right. where the puck's released from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like, of course, think about that. Of course, girls go in from there. Like, yeah, that's. Hard to stop those. It's really hard to stop those. The puck moves fast. And that's just without players in the way. Yeah. And so I think, again, if you're, if you're, and again, there's lots of goalies who are not having great years in the NHL, goalies that are struggling or goalies that are succeeding, right? I think understanding shot quality and that's all advanced stats try to do. They try to quantify how good chances are. So if your goalie is, is doing that well, the advanced stats will, will demonstrate that, right? You can't just be like, oh, this goalie makes six saves, right? Like a really good example that kind of ties in with Connor Ingram is like Carl Vamelka, who's the other goalie in Arizona, right? Carl Vamelka, again, falls into the very fun category that I would say, super dynamic lateral mover. Um, he's under expected for saves this year. He was great last year and now he's fluctuated a little bit, right? So, very different styles of goalies and, and again I like Carl Vamelka a lot there's a lot of people who said like oh he'll be a perfect fit to trade to a contender last year again you gotta look at the kind of the underlying numbers and, and peel some stuff back to see what's really going on okay Jimmy one last thing uh, last two minute two minute warning for myself otherwise we'll talk all day about this I was listening to a podcast from the people at The Athletic who I think are wonderful uh, but admittedly we're kind of anti-stats on something Jamie, do you know what PDO is? If I told you what PDO is, do you know what that means? You've not. 
Okay. Well, good news for you. It doesn't stand for anything. It stands for the name of the person on internet hockey forum who created the stat. It's uh, it's just shooting percentage plus save percentage. So for all our math geniuses, goalie listeners, if you take a league wide, so look at the NHL and you take the shooting percentage and you add it to the league save percentage, the value is 100%, right? Because every goal that goes in goes towards goals, goal shooting percentage. Every save that happens goes towards save percentage. So you add them together, you get 100. Basically, if your team is over that 100 mark, basically says that you are above average at something, shooting percentage or save percentage, right? If your team is under 100, it means you're below average. But most of the time, what it means actually is that your team's kind of unlucky. That's kind of the simplest way of looking at it. So if you're like a team that like a 96 PDO, there's two things happening. One, you're ridiculously unlucky and you're not catching breaks somewhere, be it team defense, be it goaltending, be it shooting. They're terrible. So that's like the fun thing. So for example, the Canucks who are having this amazing year right now in the NHL, Jamie, have a, a PDO of 105. They actually started the season with a PDO of 109. Um, they're basically scoring at a 15% rate while getting 940 state percentage. That's good. Yeah. And so like league average shooting percentage hovers between like 9 and 10%. League average state percentages hover between 9 and 915. But like, you know what I mean? There's this natural mm-hmm. variance. So we've seen shooting percentage go up as state percentage goes down. That's how the two relate to each other. But I think that's something to highlight as well, right? Like those things matter. So yeah. it's a simple way of looking at your team performance. Right. Like if you're a goal and again, goalies will complain all the time, like, oh, my team, this and that. There's ways you can kind of look at it. So I like using PDO to kind of to demonstrate essentially puck luck. Um, or if it's, you know, sustained low for a season, you have some problems there. So that's my one caveat. Check your team's PDO. If you ever look at a team that's on a win streak, like a crazy win streak, and you're like, this team's never gonna lose, like the Edmonton Oilers who are on a 13 game win streak right now, go check their PDO. So go check their save percentage plus their shooting percentage. If it's anywhere over 103, take a deep breath. It's going to come back down. Uh, if it's hovering around 100 and your team's winning while hovering at around 100, you're probably just a really successful team. And so that's an extra bonus thing. It's not super goal related, but it does kind of use save percentage. But like I said, I think it is a really good example of how save percentage is reflective of team defense. And at least as much as we're on our own little island, sometimes you're a part of team defense. Right, like, and that's why we always rant and rave about how it should be a more inclusive environment for for goalies, uh, because you're actually just a big component of team defense. You're really not as alone as as you you should be. So, those right, are rants, Jamie. Yeah, that's no, those are on. good rants. Those were good rants. You were more ranting than me today, which I like. I uh, can't always do the ranting. Um, before we end, I have one couple thoughts and one question. First thought is that study at SMU. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a hundred percent, whatever undergrad or master's or doctoral students did master's that students, yeah. was a goalie. Like there's no way that I wasn't a goalie at some point and been like, okay, yeah, like, I'm frustrated. We need to fix this. Or like, Hey, like I'm very curious. Like you don't just have like, normal people don't, don't think like that. It was, it was a goalie. If whoever know, if anyone knows anyone about the authors, let us know. It actually would be pretty cool to get them on. Uh, just reach out. It's not that hard. Yeah, just reach out and then see what they have to say. I'm curious about that backstory. The second thing is is this is um, a question. Ben, is there anything on your mind? One thing that is grinding your gears right now, or or what's going? What's what's like a thought? Because right now I have something that's not really grinding my gears, but it's more of like a, it's like, come on, like you gotta. 
Are you asking me so that you can tell yours? Yes, I want yours first so that I can say mine. Because you didn't ask me mine, so yeah, I'm setting it up. Oh, I'm sorry, Jamie. Um, you know what? No, I actually, I think the biggest thing is that, again, I got to speak. I caught me. No, I actually thought it was kind of funny. I was a little bit confused by it because it didn't actually like make statistic sense, but yeah, <laughs> it's fine. It, the, the stats meme not making stats sense was the cherry on top. Um, maybe that was on purpose. Maybe that's the smartest meme of all time, actually. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was so like meta that we can't even. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, I think. Again, I think this is all just more information. I think any, I think the biggest thing is important to understand is that deep down, anyone who says they don't like stats actually uses them all the time. And I think people may not realize that the way that we quantify how good teams are is not dissimilar to how you quantify how good your team is. Uh, except for, I did see a funny tweet and it was someone saying, basically like someone had pointed out that a player on a team when they're on the ice, uh, don't have the puck, get out shot, get out chanced, get out scored. The player's not having a good season. And a person responded, but you can't measure like the desire to win and you can't measure passion. And you're right, you can't. But what you can measure is if they help your team win. Yeah. And I often say that the two-point-a-game players, they, they're not trying to win. Jamie, the guys who have 120 points in 60 games, they're not inspired to win. They're inspired for their points. That's it, right? Like the people trying to score goals, which is how you win a hockey game, they don't care about winning. Their focus, is on, their focus is on scoring as many goals as possible. And if the outcome results in them winning, then they win. Before I let you do your rant thing, this is my last quote on it, is my favorite thing to say when people say, oh, you know, this goalie is really good or this goalie is really bad. But mainly when they say like a goalie who is technically not doing that well, they're like, oh, that's a great goalie. You know, kind of the example of someone who looks great and then isn't doing so well. I always like to say, and it's from Moneyball, which is, is if they're a good player, why aren't they playing good? And that's all I have to say. So same, thing, good. If, same thing is if, why are they a bad, if they're a bad goalie, why aren't they playing bad? Yeah. See, now I want it, like, I'd rather end on that. That's a great way to end. And my thought, like, I can't even carry it, but I let it off. So my, my one thing that's been grinding my gears before we, maybe I'll just cut it and then just like post that at the end. So it makes it sound cooler. Um, it, it. It's just um, high level goalies. So NHL goalies uh, and a little bit of American league. I actually get sent like a lot of American league clips, just like understanding, knowing when to use paddle down in the RVH and when not to, because I've been giving up, uh, I've given up, I've seen a lot of goals from like pretty close to the boards um short side high because the goalies paddle down rvh doesn't make any sense i know who's like i know it's a big culprit of this caledonia hero and albert he's and that's just so kills guilty. me because yeah. he's so guilty and he's given up two or three in the last like two months yeah so that's been a very frustrating thing it's something i'm trying to work out of my goalies but like ben always says from the movie moneyball Subscribe to Jamie's Patreon. Uh, subscribe to your Patreon. <laughs> and if goalie good, why not goalie play good? Yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. And that's it. If there's any more questions about it, um, you can always fire them my way. Again, big shout out to the moneypock.com. They make all their stuff open access. So if you're a, a big um, science firm, want to see where their numbers are coming from, they provide it for free. You just need to credit them. 
uh, if you're pushing anything online or going to publish anything. They're wonderful people that do wonderful work. They help us, you know, and they explain all their work. And they give you a great example of how oh, we could understand the game a little bit better. Is it imperfect? Yes, of course it is. Is it miles ahead of save percentage? So many miles ahead. Unbelievable amounts of miles ahead. If I have to hear, uh-oh, it's what's grinding my gears. If I have to hear one more person say, this girlie's having a bad year, insert save percentage, or this girlie's having a good year, insert save percentage, and that number is an 880 or below, I don't want to hear about it. Because if girlie good, why isn't he playing good? See you guys next week. 